this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Howdy folks, and welcome back to another episode of your favorite podcast, That Would Be Rad. I'm Woody Brown, one of the dynamic duo hosts here at our show. Uh, This week, honestly, I felt like I needed to do something a little bit different uh, because of the, well, the circumstances in my life over the last few weeks and quite honestly, over the last year. Uh, it just, I couldn't really jump back into the studio and do a, a typical episode. It just didn't feel right. Um, not without at least kind of bringing you guys some context about the difficult stuff that, um, that I've been dealing with. Um, a few weeks ago, my father-in-law, Charlie Brown passed away. Uh, he'd been fighting cancer for a third time and, basically just battling it over the last 15 years or so off and on. And yes, that's really his name, uh, Charlie Brown. And yes, my wife's maiden name was Brown, uh, before we, uh, you know, got married. So it kind of made it a little bit easier, um, at the social security office. But anyhow, before you move on to your next favorite podcast, or even turn this episode off, I want you to know that this episode isn't going to be a depressing storytelling by yours truly uh, about someone that nearly everybody listening, uh, you know, just never knew. Instead, though, I wanted to talk about something that at some point, inevitably, all of us have to deal with in our lives. And that's grief. I really have two major reasons uh, for doing this. First, selfishly, I honestly, I hope that it's going to make me, uh, well, help deal with this loss a little bit better. And maybe by talking about it openly, as well as, you know, honoring this great man's memory, it'll help me feel better. I mean, that's, that's the truth. I'm just being a little selfish there. Secondly, and maybe this one is unrealistic or perhaps even, um, I don't know, egotistical. It's just that I hope that someone somewhere at some point in time can listen to this and think, oh man, I know exactly what that dude is going through or I can relate to it on a personal level or even better, someone can glean even just a tiny 
sliver of hope in their own life when they're going through the grieving process. And hopefully I can help. And at the end of the day, I just kind of want to be real with you guys. Um, Yeah, I mean, there's no better way to put that. I mean, when else would, I mean, I don't know. And, And by the way, both Tyler and my schedules have been just nuts lately. So we couldn't really kind of come in and do this episode together. But honestly, it kind of feels right for me to just be it for it to just be me and you, listener. You know, both of us have said this on the show, oh God, countless times. I know we have a tendency to uh, repeat ourselves, but having this podcast is something very special to us. And you, whoever you are, wherever you are, uh, listening to my voice right now, that is one of the most incredible things to me. The fact that you take the time to give us this incredible gift, which is your attention, it truly means the world to us. I I also want to definitely say thank you to everyone that sent us uh, messages, you know, directly on our Instagram or or commented uh, with their love and support for, uh, for me and my family during the last few weeks, especially to our buddy Christian, who physically came to the funeral home to support. Um, Man, I just can't tell you what that means to me. My father-in-law was an incredible man. You know, and I hate, I actually really, really, truly hate using past tense uh, when talking about anyone uh, that has passed away. I mean, honestly, it, it just bugs the heck out of me. They were an incredible person or this, that, and the other. Because to me, he still is an incredible man. So when I use the past tense here today when I'm talking, I I really do mean here on earth, this life, this portion of our existence, right? And so he truly was an incredible man on earth. Uh, For the majority of his career, he served as a public defender and was the head of his circuit until his retirement a few years ago. The guy was an absolute workhorse. He's a brilliant man. um, But despite a bunch of, you know, professional accomplishments and just being such an incredible person publicly, truly, in my opinion, his real legacy was his family. And how involved he was in all of our lives. I mean, for example, we had Sunday dinner with him every single week, of course, until he was too ill to, uh, to attend for the last 20 years. I mean, ever since I've known him, ever since I started dating my wife, we had Sunday dinner. At first, it was, of course, at his mother's house. And then eventually, it was our house that, that the family would would all come over to. And we do it every single Sunday. One of the toughest things that I had to do and deal with, I guess, in all this was, well, I mean, I I had this incredible opportunity and that was to be the speaker at his funeral. Now, I'm sure that you can tell um, by evidence that, you know, I'm on a podcast. I was, you know, the lead singer of a band. I, I don't get nervous 
when it comes to public speaking ever. In fact, I actually quite enjoy it. But I got to tell you, I've never been so nervous in all of my life. Like, how in the world do you put into words how much someone meant to you? How can you possibly do it justice? And then am I going to offend somebody? Uh, Because maybe, you know, I I make one portion a little bit humorous. Am I going to offend somebody? Because it was only, am I going to say anything that's going to make someone somewhere mad? I had all these things kind of just like going through my head. And as I was preparing the speech and thinking about it during that week, after he had already passed away, I remembered this concept that I'd heard and read by Jordan Peterson. The concept itself is definitely a lot broader than my own sort of personal application to it, but it's sort of one of those things that that just popped in my head and I couldn't ignore it. The quote I remember reading was this. Peterson says, It is necessary to be strong in the face of death because death is intrinsic to life. Aim to be the person at your father's funeral that everyone in their grief and misery can rely on. He goes on to talk about how striving to be the best person you can be in life throughout your life will help you during these times Part of that's definitely going to be to develop your character as much as possible, to dispense with those parts of you that are unworthy. And then maybe, if you're fortunate and you do that carefully, then happiness will descend upon you from time to time. And that's the best you've got. And then also perhaps during sorrowful times, or worse, evil times, the fact that you've strengthened your character and that you're aiming at the highest that you can conceptualize that'll give you the moral fortitude to endure without becoming corrupted during those times and to be someone who can be relied upon in a crisis there's there's a there's an aim you know one of the things i've told my audiences the young guys take to this a lot i said you should be the strongest person at your father's funeral, right? Well, that's something to aim for. It's a transition, a generational transition, and it means that, well, all the people around you are suffering because of their loss. They have someone to turn to who can illustrate by their behavior that the force of character is sufficient to move you beyond the catastrophe and you need that and that's a great thing to that's a great thing to hypothesize as your aim and happiness just evaporates as as irrelevant in light of that sort of conceptualization so when you are the strongest person at your father's funeral and i just buried my father yeah yeah so I, it strikes home that when you say that, should there be joy around that realization? Not happiness. Happiness is like the fizzly bubbles in a 
in a, in a carbonated beverage, flighty, flighty, they tickle your tongue, but they go away. Is there a deeper joy? Because so many... Well, you, there's, at least, there's at least the sense that you've taken something that could be very much like hell and made it far better than it could have been. Now, of course, in his lectures about this or, you know, in any of his writing, he doesn't say that you yourself cannot grieve. I mean, that's impossible, right? He also doesn't mean that you can't cry or, geez, he doesn't even mean that you can't lose your shit a little. I mean, after all, we're only human, right? But for me, what I took away from this and honestly, something that helped me through it was just the generalize it or just the general concept because it helped me it helped it like inspired me to sort of brush off the nerves and understand that there was something more important at stake uh, for me to be able to deliver this speech in a way that I was able to convey just how much this man meant to me and and the family to tell some stories that I wanted people to know if they didn't already. Turns out a few of the other speakers uh, who were folks that also worked with them and, and things like that had some very parallel stories, which just made it all the better. Um, but also I wanted to be, it, it went beyond that. It, w- it was more than just, hey, I hope I can you know get through this speech without just passing out or throwing up on myself and, and or... Um, you know, getting choked up the entire time. I wanted to be someone that my wife and her siblings could lean on. I wanted to be a pillar of strength for my children who were for the first time in their lives dealing with the the reality um, of life and death for someone that has been so much uh, a part of their life. In this, I I wondered, you know, how do most people handle grief? I mean, what are the ways that you handle it? For me, I tend to escape into creativity. I mean, over the last few weeks, I have put in my AirPods, listened to some music, and just, you know, painted Dungeons & Dragons miniatures and built, you know, terrain Uh, to have on the table for upcoming campaign stuff. I mean, just buildings and cottages. And I'll actually post some of the pictures this week on on Instagram uh, because I'm kind of proud of them. But while I think it's important to have alone time, and I mean, truly, especially that first day after the funeral, it was was interesting to kind of observe every one of us in my family, my wife, my son, and my daughter, we kind of all just did our own thing. I mean, we were around and we would talk with one another, of course, but over that day, we kind of just, you know, just, we were doing things on our own, whatever it was to kind of pass the time um, and kind of get our minds off it, honestly. And I remember when I was younger, you know, I would think, you know, it's like I almost felt guilty about kind of keeping myself busy when I was managing any kind of grief. Like I was intentionally trying to forget or ignore something. 
But what I've come to realize is that that's not true at all. I mean, sometimes even the most mundane of tasks for me can be therapeutic. I mean, it allows my mind to sort of process what's happened and really kind of allows for these like beautiful memories to, to help ease the pain of, of losing someone that, that you love so much. And like I said, although I think it's super important to have alone time, I think it's very important, or I should say equally important that intermixed with those moments of just kind of being able to be alone with your, your thoughts and, and, you know, maybe even doing something create, you know, with creative juice, um, and staying busy is spending time with other loved ones and people that are dealing with the same grief so that you can sort of process it and talk about it together. I think that's super healthy for me anyway, you know, often any kind of sort of artistic medium that I can use, whether it's writing, you know, be that, uh, stories or journaling or, uh, music, songwriting, um, any kind of like thing that I can do with my hands, like crafting or building something, sketching or whatever. It's extremely cathartic and powerful for me my entire life. Also, one of my major sort of coping mechanisms is, is, and has been, uh, my entire life is, you know, going for a run or a walk, doing something, some sort of physical activity. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's super powerful. I already feel better <laughs> talking here, uh, telling you about what's going on with me lately. I, I really just wanted to kind of bring you some context into why in the world has our schedule been a little crazy. And like I said before, I just want to be real, you know, um, I know that the podcasters that I listen to or, um, you know, anyone that, that I sort of give my gift of attention to, I would be, well, I mean, I don't know. I would want to know, um, kind of how to me, it just, I want, I don't know. I don't really know what I'm trying to say other than like, I'm a human just like you and I'm having a tough time. And thankfully I have a strong support system filled with friends and family who can help me get through it. And honestly, you guys. All right. I'm not going to take up any more of your time, but if you made it this far and you've listened to me up until now, please know this. I truly appreciate you. Honestly, from the bottom of my heart. Um, you know, every week, I close the show with two words, be rad. I'm not sure what that means to you, but if I may, before I say that this week, let me tell you how my father-in-law, Charlie Brown, embodied its meaning by the way he lived his life. These are things that I gleaned and from his example, but also things that I believe, kind of round out what it means to be read. First, spending time together and in the moment with those that you love and doing that often. Cultivating lifelong friendships and trying to hang out with those friends as much as you can. And I gotta say, I gotta work on that. 
telling the people that you love that you love them every single day. Making someone else's day better because for whatever reason, your lives crossed paths that day. Being kind to everyone. And sharing something that you love, whether that's music, art, books, movies, or podcasts with someone. Turning them on to something new. That's what it means to me. And I hope to you too. Well, we'll see you next week with one of our typical episodes. Thank you again for listening. And until next time, I love you. I appreciate you. And as always, be rad. That's the way it Our future would be a parade of flowers